This episode of the Handy Guys podcast is sponsored by Protect Your Home. Up next, podcasting hardware on the Handy Guys podcast. Welcome to the Handy Guys podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. So, Brian, today we're going to talk about, we're going to actually answer a question we received. And we get this question yeah, a lot. I know we do. And we don't always answer it, so we need to just make a podcast about right. it. Right, and then we'll just have a link. If someone asks us, right. we'll refer them to this show. And uh, the question is, what do we use to record our podcasts? And we'll talk a little bit about the hardware, mainly the hardware, but I'll briefly mention the software I use for recording it. And um, we haven't used the same equipment since day one. No, We've we been can kind of talk about years, the but. evolution of that. Before we get into all that, though, Paul, uh, we're going to give our contact information, okay. of course. But also, I want to mention our partnership with True Value again this year. Yeah. This is, what, our third year? Is it our third year? Yeah. Second or third, third, third year? Third year. Yeah. We're, they consider us veteran blog squatters. Well, we are. We're veteran podcasters and blog squatters, whatever yes, that we is. Are. That's, that's the true <laughs> oh, that's value right. thing. Yeah, that's right. right. We're in the squat. The blog. We're in the blog squad. In fact, our content, I was just at it the, the other day at the True Value site, their startrightstarthere.com. Right. That you can find our, our content as well as the other blog squatters. Uh, I found some of the things we had written up for that site and uh, it's right. well, also posted on our site as right. well. Right. And there's going to be more of that between now and okay. the end of the year. So another video, I think. We're going to do another video, and we're going to do some content for their website as well as uh, mentions of True Value. Is that going to be a studio? A studio video or on-site video? What what are you doing? Do we have that? Whatever we want to do, Paul. (laughs) We're veterans. We're taking the lead on this. We're going to use the digital SLR. We're going to use the HD Canon. What are we doing there? Right. Oh, no. Now we're going to get questions about that. All right. We'll we'll talk about that in a different show. Video gear, that's a whole (laughs) other show. Yeah, Yeah, really. It's It's a big uh, show. By the way, Paul, before this, uh, the event that we haven't announced yet that we're doing down in North Carolina, we're going to get a new video camera. Oh, yeah? Yes, we are. One of those flip cameras? No, 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 no. We're going to get one of those all-weather GoPro HD video cameras. They're, like, uh, ruggedized. Really? Uh, yeah, you can do, like, anything with them. But it's them. still, like, a little... It's a small little oh, okay. consumer-grade. Interesting. But, uh, the quality like... is really good, and it's waterproof, and uh, you can do some interesting stuff with it. I wonder so, if like, you can it put... It comes with, like, helmet mounts and oh, things like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking for some of our shots, we maybe mount it, like, on a power tool or yeah. something like that. And do what about maybe we can... Sh- when we do the, the, pneumatic, the pneumatic nail through the target from 25 yards, we could put the camera right next to the target, maybe catch yes. it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be, that'd be really cool. We do cool. some slow motion of that nail but flying I got to make that incredible shot again if, yeah, we, right. do, if yeah. we do that. That so. took us all day. But uh, all right. So, Brian, um, we need to give out the contact information. Oh, yeah. Don't, we can't forget that. So go to our website, www.handyguyspodcast.com. Click on the contact tab and everything you need to know is there. So, Brian, when you're down in North Carolina, and I guess I might go, who's monitoring your home? Right now, nobody's monitoring my home, Paul, so I need to get some home monitoring to go with my home security system. And did you know that Just Protect Your Home, an authorized ADT dealer, they have, if you call them right now, you can get $850 worth of equipment and free activation. All you got to do is call them at one 866 
1-866-778-3127. Read that number back to me, Paul. That's 1-866-778-3127. That's right. Call now, and you can get this just uh, this protection for your home from Protect Your Home. That's the name of the authorized dealer that is providing this current deal, and they use ADT as their monitoring service because they are an authorized ADT uh, dealer. And, you, of course, you get the yard sign, and your monitoring charge uh, is, of course, as we said before, just, what, over $1 a day, which is uh, – we'll pay for, what, uh, maybe a pack of gum? You, uh, for those of you that buy a pack of gum every day, it'll be cheaper. You know, I bought a pack of gum. Who buys a pack of gum every day? I, I don't know, but I bought one not too long ago, and I almost – I couldn't believe it. I had a dollar bill out, and it wasn't enough to pay for the pack of gum. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Just get so, ADT monitoring. Uh, you know, they're number it, one in the country for home security monitoring. It's a much better cost, investment than a pack of gum. And Paul. it may cost <laughs> less than a pack of gum a day. That's right. <laughs> All right. That's uh, 1-866-778-3127. installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35 to $99 per month. Call for terms and conditions and license numbers. Got a project on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. All right, podcasting gear, Brian. We've talked about this before, not on our podcast, but at a local classroom where we talked about podcasting. Right, and you skipped uh, out on the last time yes, we did. were asked to speak, and I had to do it by myself. I didn't skip out. You asked, told me about it like the day of or the day before. <laughs> but anyway, so interestingly, podcasts, and you know they're very popular out on the internet, have brought back the whole idea of good audio on the internet. Um, and have, have really have forced amateurs who want to kind of distinguish themselves as podcasters to learn a little bit about audio engineering, learn about mm-hmm. it's about something that's not software. In other words, you actually, to have good audio, you need old-fashioned microphones, hardware, mixers, and this is not something that's new. It's, you know, the, the technology sure. in these microphones has existed for dozens, you know, 50 years. <laughs> right. So, And it's... Uh, Exactly. Now, most people starting out in podcasting aren't going to need to get as elaborate of a setup as, as we have because, one, we have two hosts, right. so that adds complexity. Absolutely. And we also have, uh, from time to time, uh, a third person as a guest remote via Skype or the telephone, right. and that adds a layer of complexity. But let's give uh, our – since we get the question, we'll, okay. we'll run down the, the different – pieces of equipment we have and why right we now. made the choices. Right, because we've changed our, our equipment over the years. Um, let's start with the microphone, because it's probably the arguably the most important item. Yes, it is. So we have Heel. Is that how you pronounce it? H-E-I-L. Heil. Heil? I think it's Heil. Heel. H-E-I-L is the brand yeah. name. And then what are they? PR? PR 40. 40s, yeah. Heil PR 40s, these are great microphones. They are not cheap for amateur standards, uh, but they're not expensive either for a great professional sound. Right. Really. So they're not the, the most expensive microphone you can you buy. You can easily spend uh, $2,000 for a professional audio microphone, and uh, these are well s- south of, I think, even three. What is it? Four hundred? They're three hundred dollars or two, three, two, three hundred dollars, something like that in that range, or less than five hundred right. a piece. So they're expensive, especially if you're starting out 
right from scratch. But. And they don't plug right into your computer. Right. So that's a whole nother, uh, nother issue, yeah, and so we'll tradi- get into that in a minute. A traditional microphone has an XLR connection, which is a three-pronged connection where it, what they do is they separate the ground from the sound, I think, uh, from the, I guess, the charge, the positive and the negative. The tip and the ring yeah, or whatever. And the, and the it's, it's a traditional audio cable. Anytime you see someone with a microphone at any kind of performance, they have these XLR wires and connectors. And that's what these microphones use. And so you need to plug them into something before they go to your recording device. And uh, so we use a mixer, which is a pretty common thing to use in a podcast. Or in a, in a studio. In any kind of studio environment, yeah. Live sound. And uh, you need a mixer if you have more than one person or if you're ever going to mix in sound in a live fashion, like music, background music. Uh, sure. You're going to do a show live and you want to put in all of your various sound effects, your intros, outros, that sort of thing. And um, so you're going you're gonna to want a mixer. Not required, though, to do a podcast, but that's what we use. And it's also helpful because we bring on callers via Skype, and we bring them through a separate uh, connection through an individual computer that receives a Skype call, and it goes into our mixer, and we can mix in with our right our voices. And we went with this mixer. It's the Alesis Multimix 8 USB 2. Yes. And one of the features that guided us the direction of this mixer was its ability when it interfaces with the computer it not only serves as a mixer but as a interface to the computer right so it has a usb obviously usb 2 connection on it right and it allows you to send all eight channels so if we had eight devices you know microphones keyboards whatever hooked up each of those it sends as a separate signal into the computer you can technically send 10 signals all at once the eight individual plus uh, two mixed left and right uh channels to the computer all individually as at one time um now there's different viewpoints on how to do this if you wanted to podcast whether to use a traditional analog Mixer, which this is a sort of a traditional mixer, but then it has a digital connection on it on the back end. Right. Um, the other way to go is actually to use a traditional mixer and send the output into a digital recording device like, uh, was it Marantz or a Zoom? Um, is it Zoom? Uh, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. Uh, or there's some others. Uh, Alesis, I think, makes a digital recorder. A couple other companies where you just record right directly with a recorder onto flash RAM and um, don't even use a traditional PC or computer. Right. So there, the key, if you're going to go that way, the key is to have your mix perfect. Right. You need to have your mix good up front. And that's actually not a bad way to go because anytime you have good sound to start with, it saves a lot of post-production time. Right. So we try to get our mix correct going into the audio recording software from the Alesis Multimix 8 so that we don't need to adjust it later. We may do some edits after the fact, after we record the show, 
but we're not typically adjusting Paul louder or me louder right. or something like that. I'll let you talk more about that since you do the post-production, well, Paul. Well, just talking about the recording part, though, the piece is that there some purists would suggest that we should be recording onto a dedicated digital recorder as opposed to a computer because you have a, a cleaner signal and you don't have interference with all the electronics that exist on a laptop, say, which is what we're using right now. Right. You have sound cards, you have uh, spitting, potentially you have spitting drives. I have a solid state drive on this. You have, um, you know, lights and all kinds of wireless and networking, all this stuff that can interfere with the digital signal, potentially, I suppose. Uh, we've had pretty good success, and that hasn't seemed to be the problem. Our bigger problem is not the gear, really, it's the environment. Where, sure. you know, if we had, uh, we get a little echo sometimes in our recording, especially early on, but even more recently, and that would go away if we had a more of a, a better sound room that, to record in, which we don't. Right. So. so our studio is uh, sort of a built out of the corner of Paul's basement here, and other things may go on in here. We uh, do <laughs> video post-production right. in here. There's some, uh, some of the Paul's library stored in here. Uh, home networking goes on here, as well as storage of miscellaneous gear and cables and even the, the string trimmer we talked about last week sitting here on the <laughs> yeah, floor. lights and video lights. And, but what's interesting, Brian, is we took the same exact environment, moved it out into my main basement area when I was doing some work in here, putting in uh, painting and things of that matter, and our recording became very echoey. Right. Uh, it's for, very different depending yeah. on the, where you're where you're at. So in, in this room, it's a lot less echoey because we have a drop ceiling here and not a drywall ceiling. And it would be even be better if I had sound panels on some of my concrete walls and that sort of thing. But the, you have to think about the environment. I read something once that said uh, the best room to record in in your house without doing any making any changes typically is the is your bedroom closet. <laughs> because of all the clothes hanging on the walls. All the clothes break and... up the sound and deaden it so you don't get the echo. So if my closet was clean enough and we could move <laughs> this table in there, that would be the best room to record in. And we would get really good sound. Yeah, but most people don't have a big closet no. like that. No, I know. <laughs> it was never an option, but that, that gives you an idea. So if anytime you can put soft materials and sorts of things around the room, you want to you want to be able to uh, stop the sound from bouncing off parallel walls. Sure. So they go back and forth. If you can but put something... But we're not doing you know, any of that. So, so. But I mean, the books, you know, actually help a little bit because they break up the sound waves and And you objects. have carpeting yeah. and things like that. So it's, It helps a little bit. Now, the other thing is these microphones, they have proximity. So every microphone, no matter what you get, is going to have a different proximity effect. If I get closer, it does this. Right. If I get further away, it's more like this. Right. So they have a certain pattern. I got to maintain a constant distance. Right. And also this microphone drops off a lot when you move back, whereas others not don't always do that. So a microphone that picks up more sound that's less directional than these is going to pick up more of that echo, more of the background noise, the air conditioner going on and off and that sort of thing. Sure. So that's our hardware as far as microphone, but we also have something between the microphone and the mixer. And this is what, Brian? It's a... um it's a boom stand, yeah. they call it. So it uh, it's attached to the table. It came with uh, brackets. You could screw it to the wall or permanently screw it into uh, the table or something like that. And it articulates up and down and left and, left and right. It's making noise. It shouldn't make that noise that you hear. Right. So it's the, the, uh, the, <laughs> we, boom, the boom stands that we got were not the most... Um, they're the cheapest thing you can find. <laughs> they're the cheapest You'll thing. You'll find them did. if you Google for them. 
Right. And I think it was Q Mark. So or like two for 20 bucks? Or no. <laughs> two think, for 40? I think they were about 60, 70 bucks okay. a piece. But uh, picture the, um, the, the Pixar lamp. You know, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? That's what it, the Pixar lamp. Yeah, it's essentially lamps, yeah. it's essentially that, but with a we hang the the heel or heel PR40s off the it's end. It's got of a it. shock mount on the end. Right. So, so it's it, shock mount. It's articulating. It's got little springs that help hold it into place. Right. So the shock mount prevents the microphone. It allows it to sort of float, and not touch any metal pieces, right. so you don't get bangs. And that's an important feature. And in right. fact, the shock mount is a separate purchase. It does not come with the microphones. It's and a, that was, I think, yeah. about fifty. Bucks right. a, a pop for those. They're not cheap. They cost more than these stands, although we need better stands. But anyway. <laughs> right. So if anyone wants to send us some stands, uh, <laughs> feel free. But uh, the thing with these stands is once once you have the mic where you want it, it'll hold it there, but it doesn't gives us it doesn't give us a lot of flexibility to move it while we're talking because they'll make some noises like as that. you can hear. And that's because it's a cheap. Right. There are better ones that if if you're planning to move around while you're talking, perhaps then you'd want to go to a better one. Okay. So there's the most of the hardware headphones. We got to talk about headphones. Yeah, so we're both using AKG brand headphones. I'm using K240s and you're using K81s, which are a little more closed design. Yeah, so there's a difference there. Yours are the semi-closed and mine are closed. Yours go over the ear and mine do not. So the advantage of yours, um, the semi-open means that you can hear some of the ambient noise around you. It doesn't completely close off your ears. Uh, And the advantage of that is obvious. So you can hear what's going on in your environment if you need to. Um, If, for instance, uh, well, you can just hear hear other things if someone's calling you or whatever. You're not completely closed off from the world, which is somewhat helpful, I think, if you're, say, doing post-production and you're sitting in your dining room and one of your kids is calling you, (laughs) you can can hopefully hear them. uh, And the other advantage of your model is they go over your ear. They're very comfortable, although you you can get sweaty and hot in them. Right. But they do have little... um replaceable pads and cloth liners and all kinds of different options for them as well. I just have the standard base models here. Now, my model is called, what was the, my, my... The K81. K81DJ. They're they're actually made for DJs because they you can flip them, just use one at a time and it flips open. They fold up and you can just flip the ear around and hold it up to one ear like a DJ might do to try to get, cue up his next disc or whatever. I right. guess they don't use discs anymore, but... Sure, probably. <laughs> they're ne- yeah. At least I didn't say their next record, but... <laughs> right. um, However, they queue things up anymore with MP3s. But the uh, the reason I got these is because they are closed, and I wanted to, uh, you know, the advantage of closed is I wanted to not hear ambient noise when I was when I was doing post production and checking our recording because that way I would know uh, have a better idea if if there was uh, you know bad sound being recorded as well. So if you have it closed off, I can hear, for instance, if your microphone's picking up something a siren in the background sure. i know for sure or the it's refrigerator being, compressor kicking right. off to keep the yeah. beer cold so <laughs> there you go <laughs> so i know it's being recorded so the disadvantage though of these is they don't go over my ears they're very uncomfortable after about uh, half an hour of use in fact right now i want to move them around right. uh, they're not the most comfortable things in the world so i wouldn't recommend them for prolonged use they probably weren't the best purchase i've ever made in the world but they're both better than our original headphones. Don't buy the 1995 <laughs> microphones that you can find. No, the, the headphones. Headphones, I well, mean. Or, oh, sorry, microphones. or microphones, yeah. yeah. The headphones, because the problem that I we had is they were so open, I think the uh, our voices were going, you could hear them out 
from the outside, and it was being recorded back through the microphone. You're getting all kinds yeah, of... Yeah, the, the cheapo headphones, just, just get decent headphones if you're going to yeah. get into this. It's They don't cost a ton of money. So I think they're about 100 bucks a pair. Yeah, to get a good pair. And it doesn't... It, you, there's various brands that are all similar quality. Sony makes them as well. And Sennheiser. Yeah, Sennheiser makes some good headphones. But those, are, I like yours, are pretty comfortable. I use them sometimes for my post-production work when I need to wear a pair for a long time. Uh, what else? Oh, we need to talk a little bit about our recording software, and we'll do that right after this. Don't know where to get reliable answers for your do-it-yourself projects? Why not search the Handy Guys Archive at handyguyspodcast.com. So lastly, Brian is how you record your voice, your podcast. And we mentioned that you can do it into some sort of dedicated digital recorder, or uh, you can go directly into your computer. And in either case, whether you do it on an external recorder, you're still going to import that that MP3 file or WAV file, whatever you create, to your computer, and you're going to produce your show with some sort of software. Right. And uh, we add in all the the little music jaunts right. and this and that. Now, some people do that live. We often do it in post-production, but we could do that live, all the music and everything. Right. Uh, and we've done it on some shows. But um, So you need some software, and you can also use that software itself to record. So we record directly to our audio uh, software, and that that is Adobe Audition is what I've been using. Now, there are other things out there. Before I talk about Audition, I'll just mention you have, is it Audacity, Audacity. which is a free software, which we did use in the beginning a little bit. Um, and you have GarageBand, which we used for a while. Right, that's the Mac thing. Yeah, and I never was able to get, in fact, I had pretty bad sound with some of those shows. Um, in fact, if you go back to some of our earlier shows and hear something that sounds really bad, it's because I was using GarageBand. I'm not blaming GarageBand. It was it was more on uh, I just probably wasn't using the uh, the compression very well. The, the settings cracked yeah. or something. Yeah, um, because they all record the same way. Um, so there's others out there, but we use uh, Audition, and Audition is made is, by Adobe. It's now by Adobe. It was previously called years ago called Cakewalk, and it was used by almost exclusively by audio engineers in radio. And um, it's still pretty popular, so I started using it, and it's just, once you learn it, it's not the easiest thing to learn, but once you learn just a couple things, it it has some great effects, and it just cleans up your audio, and you can get really good with it. So that's what I use, Adobe Audition, and um, it allows me to do post-production mixing, adding in sounds, that sort of thing. So you need some software. And finally, you export it. Once you're done putting your podcast together, you export it to an MP3 file. And there you have it. Actually, that's not completely it because we have to tag it. We have to name it. We have to upload it and create the, po- right, the post. We gotta, and, <clears throat> right. Create the post. Create all of the feeds that go into iTunes right. and into your Zune and into your what, what? wherever. What was that? The Microsoft Zune. Oh, we're in, they're discontinuing that, I think. Are they? We're, you we're, heard it here, not first, because I heard it from the guy who says you heard it here first, so okay, we'll say second. Well, well, anyway, we're in Zoom, so the I'll use Zoom goes into people. Their, right. Yeah, the software's in their phones, though, Windows Phone 7. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the software will leave on, way, right? but it won't necessarily be a dedicated device. Right. So anyway, we're in all those different directories, podcast aggregators, so... And we have different software we use to push the the files around to those different services so that you can get it, and then you're listening to it. But hopefully we answered the question about sound. 
how we record. That was the question, initial question, right? What, what uh, hardware we what, use? What gear are we using? Yeah. Uh, the last time we got the question was from someone who said they, they do voiceovers, and they I guess they liked the way we sounded and wanted to know <laughs> what we were using. And and I will never say we sound the best, so I'm just this is just what we do. Like yeah, I, there's we, definitely we, some we try, improvements. Right, so. we we always try to improve, but we try to to you know be better than than you know the guy using the twenty nine dollar tie clip mic from Radio Shack. Right. <laughs> there's one item we didn't mention, and that is we use a headphone amplifier oh, made yeah. by Samson, which allows us to uh, have multiple people with headphones. So if we bring in a third person, which we've done from time to time for interviews. We can uh, essentially uh, what divide up the headphone connection. How many outputs? Phones. I can't yeah. see it from here. There's at least uh, four outputs. I think there's six on that. Six outputs. Bad boy. So. so yeah, so that's just another accessory that you need when you have multiple people. Instead of just splitting the signal, it actually send one signal to this and it amplifies it to right, and they can control their levels yep. all independently. Individual, right? So there you have it. That's our hardware. We hope you've enjoyed this not-so-handy-guys podcast, or at least for those that need to fix something around the home. But if you want us to address a topic, and it's not our hardware for our podcast, please let us know at us at handyguyspodcast.com. We'll try to uh, cover it if we have time. And that's all we got for this week. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.